Hi listeners. This episode has some pretty intense talk about violence and also mentions an adult video store, so if that's not something you want to explain to little ears, you might want to have them skip this one. Also, we're having a little bit of trouble with the sound quality since we moved, but I think I got it figured out for next time. But please bear with us because we really enjoyed this episode. with a wide variety of topics for all your true crime, paranormal, and otherwise spooky needs. I'm Thomas. I'm Sparky. We're back. We are? Yeah, again. I did want to apologize because we kind of decided we're going to do every other week and we didn't announce that before last week, but that was just kind of a we're tired and we don't have time to record thing. Um, But honestly, I think for right now this is going to work better for us, just because I know there are weeks that sometimes I don't feel like recording... Or doing research, and Thomas has not felt like doing research, <laughs> which is okay, because we've got a lot going on. And as school is getting ready to start, you're going to have a fairly decent drive, so yeah. that's going to cut into free time. So. I have to drive 50 minutes one way from my job. I have to drive 8 minutes one way from my job. <laughs> at 4 a.m. At 4 a.m. Okay, we'll do some more talking at the end about stuff. Um, but I just wanted to say that up front. We're experimenting a little bit with the sound. I was pretty happy with our last episode, but we're kind of in a big open space. So if you have any suggestions, feel free to let me know. But otherwise, we're going to get started for today, I think. You ready? Ready. I'm going back to my roots. We're going to do true crime today. Oh, when you said roots, I was like, but we're already in Minnesota. <laughs> so Wait, is it a Minnesota true crime? Um, no, I don't You've remember. You've only done two of those. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you did Because I forgot uh, the St. Paul slapper. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, so this is a story um, of Susan Kuhnhausen, and this one kind of, like, hit me kind of hard when I was researching it. I think you'll see why, because... I know you. Yeah. But I'll kind of explain it as we go on. So before I start, my sources are Oregon Live couple of those. KPTV.com, All That's Interesting, and BlurredByLines.com. Alright, so this is kind of a really weird story. I haven't heard anything else similar to this. It's just very unique, and she's a really cool person. So, here we go. So the protagonist, Susan Kuhnhausen, and this is in Portland, Oregon. At the time of the story, in 2006, she was 51 years old. She had worked as an ER nurse for about 30 years. And she had been married to her husband, Mike, for about 17 years. We'll talk more about him in a second. And she had decided that she wanted to divorce him. And I guess tried to kick him out of their home, and it wasn't going very well. So Mike Kuhnhausen, he was 55 at this time, and he worked as a janitor at an adult video store gross. I don't think I would like that job. The smells. The stickiness. <laughs> There's just it's so much everywhere. I, I don't you know. That would be one of the worst jobs. Yeah. 
he did not want a, a divorce, which it seems like most of the cases, anytime I hear about somebody divorcing, it's always the wife that wants a divorce. And he planned to retaliate on his ex-wife. So I'm not sure how much somebody that works as a janitor at an adult store makes, but somehow he saved a whole bunch of money and he promised to pay a co-worker named Edward Dalton Haffey $50,000 to kill his wife. I feel Wh- like when the, was this? In 2006. I feel like that is more than... I'm thinking... I don't know. And, and I think part of it was he didn't pay it all up front. He, like, promised to keep paying this guy. Okay. But I like I feel like yeah, that's yeah. something you got to pay up front for. Yeah, if you're going to... Yeah, you're risking way too much. Make sure they pay up front. <laughs> okay, so on September 6, 2006, uh, Susan was returning home after a shift as an ER nurse, which, especially now, would be terrible, but it would be really draining, like, mentally and physically. So she's probably really tired. And as she walked into the house, she noticed the curtains were closed, which was weird because she opens them every morning. But she was like, oh, maybe I forgot, you know. And there was a note left from Mike saying he had gone to the beach. So she should have been there by herself. I don't think they had any children. This is future Sparky. I double-checked. They did not have any children. Where did they live? Portland. Oh. Because it would have been really awkward if, hey, I went to the beach and they lived in Nebraska. (laughs) A beach of corn. (laughs) So as she walked up to her bedroom, a man jumped out from behind a door. And this was Ed Dalton Haffey, 59, and he was there to kill her per her ex-husband's orders. Or, technically, her husband, still. To kill her per her husband's orders. As soon as she saw him, she thought to herself, he's here to kill me. So, she's like, oh, crap. Fairly savvy, honestly, if that's her first thought. Well, I mean, somebody jumps from behind a door, like, right in front of you, and it's like, oh, hey, stabby, stabby time. (laughs) But, uh, so she just knew, and he was 5'9", and she's 5'4". And it's short for a hitman, though. <laughs> he then attacked her with a claw hammer, and then he connected with her temple. Ouch. Which, right there, I would have just been like, okay, okay, I'm dead. Game over. <laughs> Goodbye. But, um, Susan had other plans. So, in retaliation, she punched him, and she tackled him and pinned him to the wall. She's kind of a bad bee. She continually asked him who sent him, but the man never responded to that question. After beating on him, she even said that she would call an ambulance if he answered, but he didn't. So she's just, like, beating him up (laughs) at this point. That's pretty great, honestly. The only word she heard the hitman say during the attack was, you're strong. Wow. (laughs) Well, let's be straight up. She's an ER nurse. Yeah. Which means... She's one of those that helps lift people off of stretchers and onto the tables to be checked out. Yeah, and you the, know. I hadn't even thought about that. I was just thinking if patients going are going through like drug withdrawals or things like that, trying to hold them down mm-hmm. to give them injections, or like one of the articles mentioned that she's had to break ribs to give heart massages before, which I can't imagine is easy even with like any kind of tools. Mm-hmm. I'm a freaking wimp. I couldn't do that. But we also forgot to leave out that she's a world champion strongman. Oh, yeah, that too. No, but the nurses in her hospital were trained in self-defense, which I think is a great thing that the hospital did. I think teachers need to be trained in self-defense as well. Yeah, or at least Basic how strength. to sit on children without traumatizing them so they will 
<laughs> sit on children without traumatizing them. That's great. Just so they can calm down sometimes. Is that kind of wild? For the record, I would not sit on any children. Just saying. But yeah, some of those kids in school, and I'm not talking about ones with learning disabilities, I'm talking about that one kid in class that knows that you can't do anything to them, so it's gonna just do everything they can to provoke you. Mm. You know what I'm talking, you're a teacher. Uh, there's at least one every year. You know, I can remember I had one in a shop class. Yeah, he had our uh, six foot three, sturdy wrestling coach chasing after him. <laughs> it ended exactly the way you think it did. He was on the ground in a chokehold. Great. Yeah, he did lose his job over that. But <laughs> I felt, and most of the town felt that he did what he should have. More self-defense, I think. It's not doing it as like a... Yeah, he's not beating on the kids to beat on the kids. Anyway, so she fought the hammer from him and hit him a few times. So she's been beating him with her fists, and now she's like, oh, hammer time. So, hammer time. <laughs> and as the man tried to get it back from her... Susan squeezed her hands around his neck, and she held on tight until he stopped moving, and his face was blue. And then, of course, you know, she's not somebody that wants to kill anybody, so she panicked, and she tried to run. But somehow, even though his face had just been turning blue, Haffy caught her and started punching her. So Susan bit his thigh, and this is really smart. She bit his thigh in a hope that the bite marks would identify him as her killer if he escaped. Because, you know, you can match yeah, dental is... prints. So and I was like, that's really smart. Everybody so, do that if yeah, you're being so attacked. remember, if bite. you're being attacked, <laughs> bite as hard as you can. She was able to pin him and put him in a chokehold with her left arm, and the entire fight lasted about 14 minutes. It probably felt like forever, though, just from her perspective. Immediately I'm thinking of, like, Mortal Kombat music. <laughs> So after the hitman stopped moving, she went outside, went to her neighbor's house, and her neighbor called 911. And when 911, the dispatcher, asked if Susan needed an ambulance, the neighbor replied, she said you may want to send one for him. He may be dead. She's like, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, he was he was dead. Yeah, I'm honestly, though, the, the balls on this lady, I'm kind of digging it. Mm-hmm. You know, she definitely wasn't going to be a victim. Yeah, I know. I told you. She's awesome. So I was talking to one of our listeners, Crystal, and I was, I was trying to get her to decide on something. I said, okay, there's one about an attempted hitman. And she's like, attempted hitman sounds like there's probably a really interesting story there. So that one. It's like, yeah, there there it is. Also, we forgot to mention this while we were recording together, but Crystal and Thomas actually met each other and didn't realize it. I'm so sorry, Crystal, that you had to go through that. I'm mostly kidding. And she felt really terrible after this. She being Susan, not Crystal. Just to make that clear. Because, especially somebody in... Of course, uh, she's in a field where her job is to save people, and now a guy's dead because of her actions. Yeah, well... Well, technically it was his actions, but... Yeah. She had to do what she had to do. Yeah. And she said... But she's just an everyday, ordinary person who's going about her day who never thinks once, I'm going to kill someone. Right. And later, Susan was quoted saying, I didn't choose his death, I chose my life. Which I think is a really good way to think about it. You know? Absolutely. Because you, you don't want to 
kill somebody, but you also don't want to die. She said, I was forced to kill another man, even though he was not a good man. That was the hardest part. So this was interesting. When the police searched the house and found the body, they found his supplies, which included yellow gloves, Hershey's chocolate syrup, and diabetes pills. What was the plan here? Okay, (laughs) was he going to kill her and celebrate by downing the Hershey's and then realizing, oh, I'm diabetic? This is a non-explicit podcast. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I don't know what the heck he was thinking, but um, they also found his, like, planner. What? I'm just imagining. I'm going going to go, I'm going to go kill someone. Okay, I've been given a ridiculous amount of money. I could literally afford the best in big game hunting style weaponry that would knock this lady out in seconds. But I'm going to go with gloves, Hershey syrup, and diabetic pills. (laughs) And this is 2006. The internet does exist. Yeah. So... I don't. I don't know. I, mean, I just. I really like picturing him taking a pill and then downing it with the chocolate syrup <laughs> 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 to kind of balance each other out. <laughs> or just every time he takes a swig of it, he pops a pill right. Or, or 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 perhaps I I've read of some like hitmen or killers that will like get high before they kill their victims. Mm-hmm. He's diabetic. Maybe he's overloading on sugar to get that high. Yeah, what could go wrong? Oh my gosh. Anyway. Alright, so they also found his planner. So like his, you know, daily planner, whatever. So he literally wrote out in gruesome detail how he was going to strangle her (laughs) by suffocating her with the gloves, (laughs) shoving them down her throat, and then chugging the chocolate syrup, right? Right. Okay. I don't know why I just pictured this. Like, when you said he was writing details, like, he was going to use the syrup as, like, a glue and, like, make a flower and then put the pills on top of it. Anyway. Okay. I'm not... No, he was he was going to kill her and then write a suicide note in chocolate syrup. <laughs> Instead of ketchup, he went to chocolate syrup. Oh, man. <laughs> So, in his planner, on September 4th, so this was September 6th, on September 4th he had written, Call Mike, which is Susan's husband, and that connects him there, plus he also works with them, so it's like, hmm. I just gotta say, if I ever wanted to hire a hitman, the shop is not my first stop. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah. And it's an adult video store, you said? Yeah. So, it's probably, like... A family video store with a sleazy back room. It could just be an adult. Yeah. There's one here. Uh, Our video store, uh, where I grew up, was also a tanning salon. But there was two rooms that led to tanning beds. And then there was another room. And as far as I remember, I can remember it smelling funny back there. But that could have been, like, tanning oil. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, it had beads instead of a door and a lot of adults going in and out mm-hmm. it's just my thought it was really weird that the entrance of that was so close to the kids section but um, yeah there was a video rental store here that had like an adults only section and i didn't understand what it was as a kid i was like mom what's back there is it the really really scary movies she's like yeah 
really scary. <laughs> and listeners, in case you're wondering, yes, I spent my first 20 years in a town with a population of 3,000 people that was so conservative that if you were literally seen coming out of the room with beads, you were probably shunned. Yay. Anyway, so as this situation went viral, uh, this woman was, a hitman was hired to kill her, and she killed him instead in self-defense, there were some interesting events that happened because of it. And according to Oregon Live from 2014, strangers wrote Susan letters. Dateline and Dr. Phil wanted interviews. Maury Povich sent her flowers. The Portland Police Bureau gave her a Civilian Medal of Heroism, honoring her sheer determination to survive. Wait, was she actually on Dateline? I don't know. Because I can remember, this is starting to sound really familiar. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, times that we would have cable, which, honestly, wasn't all that much, and realized, you know, it's kind of overpriced for what quality we got. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we'd get rid of it, but when we would have it, we would, my dad always watched Dateline. Uh, So I'm wondering if I've seen this. I don't know. I will look and update this once I find out. Ta-da! It appears that, no, she did not ever appear on Dateline, so she must have turned it down. So a week after the incident, they found Mike. Her husband. Was he still at the Corn Beach? <laughs> he was in Sunnyside, Oregon. I don't know if they have a Corn Beach or just a regular beach. But the day after they found him, Susan officially filed for divorce. So good for her. A week short of the one-year anniversary, on August 30th, 2007, that was my birthday. A week short of the anniversary, he pled guilty. And he was charged with solicitation of aggravated murder and was sentenced to 10 years. After he was sentenced, Susan, who now goes by Walters, not Kuhnhausen, because I wouldn't want his name either, uh, still lived in fear, obviously. She said she's always worried that he had money secretly stashed away. And in a move to make sure he didn't have enough money for another attempt, and because she'd been suffering from extreme emotional distress, she sued him for... One million dollars. Now, did she actually get it? Because I'm kind of feeling right now that the quote-unquote hitman was a complete moron who would have believed anything. Hey, I got $50,000 for you. Want to kill him? I think that she did actually win, but I don't think he really had the money. But if he did, he doesn't know. She's a bad bee. Yes, she did win. I'm still not sure how he would have had that money, but I don't know. The world may never know. He had been diagnosed with prostate cancer, and she thought since he was sick and he had nothing to lose, that that would be the time that he would be like, okay, I want another attempt. And she would, and she was really afraid of that. And he also received 20% off his sentence for good behavior. If I had her, I would have kicked him. Yeah, right. She was always just thinking, what if he met someone in prison who told him he had just hired the wrong guy the first time? You know? <laughs> the wrong guy with his Hershey syrup. <laughs> yeah, I can just see him, you know, laying in their cots. You know, he's on the bottom of all the guys on top. The guy's like a legit hitman. So what are you in jail for? I hired a guy that tried to murder my wife with Hershey syrup. What the? <laughs> <laughs> As the end... Of his sentence got closer, she was driving with her locks on and windows rolled up because she was always afraid something would happen. 
Um, she installed an alarm system. She put gravel around her home so she could hear if somebody was outside. She created a plan to run and go into hiding if necessary. And if all else failed, she had a will. So she was like really scared and was trying to take as many steps as she possibly could to avoid anything happening. To yeah, her. it seems like even though she was scared, she really wasn't letting it like control her. She was making really smart decisions. Well, she was, but I think she was also in a lot of Yeah, she had she obviously had paranoia, but you know how sometimes people can be so afraid it can literally cripple them. Yeah, that would be me. Yeah. Whereas, you know, she's like you know, she went ahead and had a will, just in case. She got a security system. She used gravel, something that a lot of people don't use as much. But really, you can't walk on gravel without making noise. Mm -hmm. So these were really smart decisions. Yeah, she was really trying to do what was best for herself. But, you know, she's got a lot of trauma that would be really hard to work with. She asked the jail that he not be allowed back into the county where she lived. And she hoped he would be at least an hour away. She said, I wish him peace and I wish for him to live far away from me. Which was in the Oregon Live um, from 2014. Even though she was free, she said she felt as if she had a life sentence because she was always worried. And she said she'd forgiven him but would never forget what he was capable of. However, months before his scheduled release, he died from his prostate cancer. She said she wasn't sad, but she felt bad about who he could have been. Which is a lot nicer than I would have been. So, again, the Oregon Live article from... This one's from June 2014. Yeah, these were from April. Um, when Mike died, they quoted Susan saying, Being an imperfect woman, I married an imperfect man, thinking that we could love, honor, and negotiate and have a good life together. But he had issues around abandonment, anger, and anxiety that he couldn't overcome. And she hoped that he found peace in death that he couldn't find in this world. Again, a lot nicer than I would have been. So she worked with officials to create a website, which was called Case Companion, and it gave victims information about social justice and crime in the area. And she continues to work as a victim's advocate to this day. That's awesome. She's pretty cool. Yeah. Reminds me of someone else I know. Who would that be? Your ex-husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was reading this, I was thinking about how when we had, you know, decided to get a divorce, well, I had decided, really, and um, he refused to move out, and his mother literally sent me gun locks to put on his gun so he wouldn't be able to shoot me. Yeah. I, I completely understand. It's really scary to go through living with someone that you don't feel safe with. Yeah, it's just horrifying, and you never feel safe. I mean, some of the things you told me about, that's not normal. And if you are living with something like that, please try and get some help. Yeah. If you're Googling, remember to use incognito mode so they can't track your history. And call a domestic violence hotline if you can. Because that's not, not a good situation. But yeah, so um, I kind of teared up a few times researching this one. Yeah, uh, I can understand why. But anyway, so that is the story of Susan Walters and how she escaped death by killing the hitman that was sent to kill her. She's pretty awesome. So what were we saying? Oh, we're trying to work with the area that we have. 
So we're still working on the sound a little bit, so hopefully it sounds okay. Our next episode will be released released on Labor Day, I think. That's two Mondays from now. Ah, oh, man, I only have two more weeks to wear white. Pants. Yeah. Would I wear a white shirt? No. Yeah, Fonzie. E. Thomas got a job at UPS. Yeah, but I have to wake up at a ridiculous time. Meow, meow. But it's got good benefits, so, and room to grow. Yeah. And we're going to be done. So, if you want to contact us, creepylifepodcast at gmail. We're on Facebook and Insta and Twitter. And we have a webpage that I don't remember. <laughs> and I'll put that in here as an afterthought. That webpage is podpage.com slash creepylife, which is where we put all of our sources, so you should definitely check that out. But yeah. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate all of you. Please share this with a friend so we can keep growing and quit our jobs. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I don't want to quit my job. I don't want to quit my job either. But it would be nice to not have to get a second job. Because I'm a teacher. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Stay creepy. Stay creepy.